Welcome to Ode to Games, my name is Logan Plant, and today I'm joined by the usual crew, Kevin Valine. What's up, Kev? Doing good. We finally got a price and release date for one of the consoles. For one of them. For one of them. We're also joined by Zach Ross. What's up, Zach? Hey, I'm very excited about this price release because it uh, matches one of my predictions from earlier Whoa! in the year. Whoa! Zach is on a roll! Now we just need a new F-Zero game. Yeah, that one might be the biggest stretch, but I, I think I can live with two for three. That's fair. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty fair. But as as we've mentioned, yes, big Xbox news this week. That is our lead story for the day. We have a lot we're going to talk about later, including a new fall game for Nintendo Switch, a huge upcoming year for one of our favorite video game characters. But first, as mentioned, we will get into the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X these the Xbox Series S has been rumored for a long time. It was printed on that official controller packaging that came out uh, about a month ago at this point. Uh, but the actual design itself and the price was leaked online this week, prompting Xbox to confirm the announcement themselves on Twitter. And Phil Spencer actually said, "Hey, we were planning to announce this next week. But what the heck? I'm proud of our team for for how they handled the surprise announcement this week. So it is real." The Xbox Series X is coming out November 10th for $299, along with the Xbox Series X, which is launching the same day at $499. So, first, the release date. We finally know what date it is coming out. Assassin's Creed Valhalla moved its release date up a week to be a launch title. Very uh, along nice. with these two systems, which I think is pretty neat. But November 10th, we know when it's coming any initial thoughts on finally having a date for one of these things? Pre-orders are opening in about two weeks. Were we talking a couple of weeks ago? Was it the 13th? Was that the day that, that we were predicting? There was a day where there was a bunch of games dropping. Yeah, it was the 13th because oh, yeah. that was Yakuza. And we thought that it was going to come out with, okay, with Yakuza. Yeah. So we were close. Yeah. We were close. Three days off on that. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, what day of the week is that? November 10th is – it's a Tuesday. These consoles are coming out on a Tuesday, oh. which is really strange. The best day for uh, for a console launch. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. Um, that's why we picked the thirteenth because it's it's the Friday of that week. But no, it's it's we got the right week, but it is coming out. We did that Tuesday, which is interesting. But yeah, I mean, we we've known November for a bit. We've assumed it for longer than we've actually known it was going to be November. So nice to get that date. But let's dive into the Xbox Series S itself. It is the smallest Xbox ever. Which is weird because it's still pretty big. There's never been a small it's, Xbox. It's like half of the size of the X. It's sixty percent smaller than the Series X. They've lined 60%. them up. Sixty percent. Gotcha. The X is an absolute behemoth. It is it's massive. Amazing. These display models were sent out to some influencers around the industry this week, and I was on IGN looking at some pictures that they were taking of the Series S, the Series X, and all the other consoles that this one guy owns. And it is huge. It is as wide, like laying vertically or horizontally, it is as wide as a PS4 Pro and about two and a half times as tall as a PS4 Pro. It doesn't go as deep as the PS4 Pro does, but that is a chunk of hardware right there. That thing is huge. And the, the Series S looks tiny next to it, but it's still pretty decently sized itself. I think it's it's pretty comparable to an original PS4 model. Uh, again, not quite as deep 
far back, but that's mm-hmm. about the size, the vibe I was getting from these comparison images I was seeing. So 60% smaller than the Series X, coming with a 512 gigabyte SSD. The goal of this console is to achieve the same speeds and performance as the Xbox Series X, but the resolution is not true 4K. It's 1440p with upscaling up to 4K. So that is the main difference is resolution. Kevin, your first thoughts on the specs in the Series S box at that price tag of $299. A great deal for the price, uh, $299. The other thing, all digital console, that makes sense for the price. For the for a three hundred dollar console, you have to assume that they're taking out the uh, the disk drive to be able to make it not a really horrible deal for Xbox to be selling it for two ninety nine. But in terms of the specs, it makes a lot of sense because the people that are going to be buying this, they're not going to care much about four K. This is going to be the people that want to get in at that lower end. It's not about the four K. That be it'd be much more important for them to get solid performance out of this thing than the 4K mm-hmm. resolution that the Series X provides. So I think that the compromises that they were able to make in terms of performance for the price tag that it's coming out at is really good for the market that this is going to be aimed for. Yeah, and I think for the PS4 Pro, the Xbox One X, and now this next generation of consoles, kind of the industry standard has become 4K, but most consumers do not own 4K televisions. I it's, don't. <laughs> it's not a mainstream thing yet. Like, it's, it is definitely growing by, I'd say, middle of this generation, towards the end, I think more than half of consumers will have a 4K TV. But it's not there yet. So this option yeah. makes sense for people who, who don't have the hardware to support a 4K console. Zach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just because they don't have 4K now doesn't mean that they won't upgrade in the future. But, you know, as someone who's on the fence uh, for Xbox, who's been very interested in that backwards compatibility, that Game Pass stuff, you know, some of those exclusives. I'm like, this is a much better entry point just in case I ever want to dive into the Xbox area. So it's super cool to see, even though it is a bit of an ugly console, to be fair. But, you know. <laughs> it looks like a washing machine. It's it like does. a stand-up washing machine. And that the, the big vent is like the door you open to put your clothes in. So we got the I've fridge the and the washer. Of- of the uh, of the speaker at the drive-through, it yeah. fits in pretty well there too. <laughs> That's pretty good. Did yeah. you see the the minion from Despicable Me mock-up that was going around Twitter? That one was really oh. funny. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, the design is a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it looks nice except for that giant black circle. Otherwise, it looks good. But yeah, I'm not sure why they felt the need to put that there and at that mm-hmm. size. It's it. At least half of the length is yeah. just taken up by yeah, that thing. Yeah. It was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. I don't but, get it. But, yeah, hmm. but on the diskless nature of it, this is something I talked about on OdeGames.com, the new daily column that I'm writing called Press Start. My fir- One of the first ones I wrote about was this, this Xbox Series S reveal. And I think my main takeaway from this is really... If Game Pass didn't exist, I'd not be on board with with a diskless system like this. And so for for PS5, I'm not necessarily on board with its existence for the the digital edition. But Game Pass, it makes sense because this is a $300 box that plays literally hundreds of Xbox games on Game Pass. And yep. all you have to do is subscribe. And with that Xbox All Access uh, deal where you can pay 25 a month for two years for the Series S or 35 a month for two years for the Series X and basically you're paying off your console while also getting two years of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate which in, includes Game Pass and Xbox Live so you can play online. That is a great way to say okay for 25 bucks a month 
I get this new next-gen console, and I get Game Pass. That's a, that's a pretty fantastic deal for lapsed Xbox gamers, more casual gamers, and then, of course, the addition of EA uh, coming into Xbox yeah, Game Pass. So you get Madden, uh, the, all the sports games that they release. It's it's a screaming deal for people looking to get into next-gen that don't care about the top-of-the-line specs. So I think the Series S announcement was a huge win for them. I was not personally expecting $299. I was expecting $499 for the X and $399 for this. So for it to come in at $299, that is... I think that is a big win, and I think it's going to sell really well this holiday. Yeah, I think it's got a really, really strong position in the market, not just because of the $300 price tag, but like you said, with Game Pass, and I think that EA thing, despite the fact that I don't care too much about those games, mm-hmm. man, the amount of people that play those yearly releases every year is and a new lot Star of Wars games. That's that, what I was forgetting. That's part of it, too. Yeah, so that they can just go out, pick up this console for 300 bucks, and get all of that. There's going to be a bunch of people mm-hmm. that are are mainly there for their yearly sports titles and maybe a couple of other games sprinkled in there where the best option to go with is a Series S over either the X or PlayStation's offerings. Yeah. I also think that this is going to be positioned well for a secondary console for PlayStation fans who wouldn't necessarily want to move over to Xbox yeah. because all of their exclusives are on PlayStation. That's why Before, I'm considering getting a Series S exactly, at some point, honestly. Because, yeah. because if you're so entrenched in PlayStation's exclusives, you may not want to abandon PlayStation completely this generation because mm-hmm. you still want to play the next Horizon game, Spider-Man, whatever Naughty Dog's going to come out with. But this will push those people to more likely pick up an Xbox as a secondary console mm-hmm. and then could get them more entrenched in the Xbox ecosystem as well. Which is what Xbox is all about these days, getting you in the door, whether that's through PC, Game Pass on PC, or through their their Xbox All Access, where you get to get in for pretty low-priced monthly payments, or the lower-tiered consoles, or the controllers even working between generations or the backwards compatibility. It's all about getting people in. And the series S I think is a huge step to getting people like us in. Like, I feel like some part of us are all considering a series S at some point this generation. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it was a really, really great announcement. I have a prediction that we'll never be able to prove if it comes true for certain, but I feel like the PS five is going to be four ninety nine. To match the Series X. I feel yeah. like the digital edition was going to be 450, 449, and I think now the digital edition is going to be 399 to get a little bit closer to what the Series X or the Series S is doing. So that's my prediction: is the digital is going to be 399, and they're going to sell that one at a little bit less than they intended to because of how low the Series S price is. Yeah, I wonder how many people would go in on that digital edition when you have the Series S also on the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, that, that has, that's that an identical system to the PS5, just, just without the disc. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's interesting. But Xbox Series X, Series S coming out November 10th, and I feel like this time next week we'll know when the PS5 is coming out too. I think we'll be talking really about it so. next we're week. Within, so. within two months now. Mm-hmm. So yep. they're going to they're gonna have to get out here relatively soon. soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was exciting, exciting news from this week. Uh, just 
finally like a good move from Xbox. Like the Series X, I feel like some of the marketing and messaging has been a little bit a little bit fumbled, but the Series S, I think, was handled well. Even after the leak, like this was leaked and they still knocked it out of the park with their official reveal. So I was excited about it. I was also very excited about what Nintendo had to say this week. I think more excited than a lot most people probably. I'm super hyped for this game. It's Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is coming out November 20th. It's the big November game for Nintendo Switch. We said on the show, hey, Mario's the September game. Pikmin's the October game. There's got to be something in November. Now we know. It's Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. This is a Hyrule Warriors sequel, but more importantly, it's a Breath of the Wild canonical prequel taking place 100 years before the events of Breath of the Wild. If you've played it, there's a bunch of flashbacks in Breath of the Wild, and this game is going to expand upon the story told in those flashbacks. I'm excited for this. What did you guys think of this announcement this week? Yeah, I'm excited for it, too. I never played the uh, first Hyrule Warriors game. I'm not sure exactly how they play. Um, does it play like a different style than the main games? Warriors. It's Dynasty Warriors. Oh, it's Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors, yeah. Warriors. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's Muso games. Yeah, hack and slash kind of stuff yeah, like just, that. Yeah, one against mm-hmm. a million. Yep. I mean, yeah, the Breath of the Wild story, I liked it. Um, I definitely want to try this out to get a better sense of, you know, those flashbacks kind of building on that, Um, especially before Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. It'd be nice to have a better sense of the whole story. Um, Mm -hmm. So that'd be super cool. Um, Not sure if I'm big on the whole Dynasty. I did try out a little Dynasty Warriors in the past. I wasn't a huge fan of it, um, so I'm not sure how much I'll love it, but it's definitely worth checking out. I know, Logan, you are extremely excited for this game. Yeah, I'm really hyped for this one. And I have some reasoning beyond just that it has Zelda branding on it. The first Tire Warriors, I think, is better than people give it credit for. Uh, I think that it actually does a fantastic job of melding Zelda gameplay and references like the music is is great, the items are great. You use all the classic Zelda items you're used to. The character selection is awesome. I think it did a good job of that, better than people give it credit for. So I'm excited about a sequel to that. But also, based on what Eiji Aonuma said in this presentation, it seems like the Zelda team was way more involved in this one than they were in the original. So that's super exciting. And then the the last thing I wanted to say is, it seems like Koei Tecmo is getting more ambitious with these Warrior spinoffs. Persona Five Scramble is like a real sequel to Persona 5, story-wise, from what we've heard. It's not here yet, so we don't know for sure, but this kind of seems like it's in line with that, like a more ambitious, intertwined with the franchise it's pulling from with both Persona 5 Scramble and this. So I just think it has a ton of potential. What are your thoughts on this, Kev? Yeah, when they finally escape just the regular Dynasty Warriors games, which I have heard are not good, the more recent ones, Mm -hmm. and they can finally just have some creative freedom and have some fun. Uh, it seems like they put out much better products. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing what they do with the story. I've never been too big on the Dynasty Warriors games. I think it'll pull in a lot more people than the original Dynasty or Hyrule Warriors did, purely mm-hmm. because that story from Breath of the Wild is going to be expanded. Because let's be real, that story <laughs> the the pieces were there for it to be good, but there just wasn't very much of it. The, so the flashbacks, I, like, I think, are really good in Breath of the Wild, but it's the only memorable part of the story. Is, is right, the and that's yeah. it's not very. I mean, the flashbacks is there's only a handful of them, and they're not mm-hmm. particularly long, so yeah. there's not too much in the way of story. So I feel like a lot of people want to see what happened to try and fill out that story, and I and I think a lot of people are going to give this game a shot just purely based on that, and knowing 
that the Zelda team is also helping makes me less worried about uh, about the story that is in this one, that they're also mm-hmm. there overseeing things, making sure it kind of all works together, especially when they're working on a sequel as well, to make make this trilogy, in a way, all mm-hmm. make a lot of sense and stand all together. Um, it looks good. I, I wouldn't have given it a second thought if it wasn't tied uh, to Breath of the Wild like this in terms of the story, but mm-hmm. with that being there, it makes me more inclined to pick it up at some point. But I thought that trailer looked amazing. Like... Hyrule Warriors looked a little bit discount Zelda. The character designs weren't really from any game you'd played before, especially Link. It's just a random new design for this. But this just looks like Breath of the Wild. Like the It looks like yeah. the Breath of the Wild cutscenes, uh, mm-hmm. which looked gorgeous. I mean, that is a very good-looking game. So I'm super excited for this one. It really came out of nowhere. Uh, just another exciting announcement to wake up to, like the Mario stuff uh, last week. So it was just super cool to see that. And... Getting an update on Breath of the Wild 2 also saying, hey, we are working to make this world you explored even more interesting to explore the second time around. But here's your consolation, a, pre- a prequel that expands on the story of the first game. Like, that's that's a pretty sweet consolation prize. And I don't know, I think that I think Nintendo's fall lineup is looking pretty good at this point. I mean, I know two of the three big games are re-releases. We have the Mario Collection and Pikmin 3, but then this new game coming out in November. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy with what Nintendo has lined up for the fall. Yeah, took them a little while to uh, to show off what they have, but now that yeah. we kind of see a picture for what's left of 2020, it doesn't look so bad anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so super excited for that one. Comes out November 20th. And just like the, the art, like the concept art, the main, like the box art and the main kind of banner for this game, it just looks so good. And you get to play this as the get, champions, uh, which is awesome. It's going to be sweet. This didn't get leaked anywhere before, did it? No, it was a total surprise. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. I feel like everything gets leaked now. No matter no matter what company it is, everything yep. gets leaked. Yeah, this did not, and it's awesome. Like, that was just so cool. Like, I know it's not an official Zelda title, but it felt like we got totally surprised with a new Zelda game. That's just a little bit more than two months away. So comes out the day after Cyberpunk. I was I texted you guys this. I'm not officially not picking up Cyberpunk because I'm going to be getting this the next day. Uh, probably on the same day that the PS5 launches, if I had to guess. We'll see. <laughs> probably. We'll see. So next year, we were supposed to get a lot of big news this year. We didn't. It just did not nope. happen. But uh, zero big news. Absolutely nope. zero. But apparently there are some big Sonic the Hedgehog plans for next year. It is his thirtieth anniversary. Original Sonic came out on the Sega Genesis in nineteen ninety one, and a new Sega ad was printed in a random magazine that basically was like, Hey, Sonic still exists. And it was talking about how Sonic is a global licensing powerhouse, how he has over $6 billion in franchise revenue, blah, blah, blah. It's basically an advertisement to try and get licensing opportunities for Sega and Sonic. And then at the bottom, it says 30th anniversary 2021, a year of celebration, new games, digital content, events, major announcements, and a tailored licensing program. That's what I'm in it for. Yeah, so uh, licensing program. A new really games. weird way to get the news, but I'm worried that new games could mean just like phone games because it has meant that in the past for Sonic. Yep, it could be. You'd hope, you'd hope that they'd have more lined up for his 30th anniversary, especially with the amount of time that it's been since Sonic Forces. We're a couple of years removed from that now, so you have to hope that whatever they have planned for the next mainline Sonic game is 
well in the works and that mm-hmm. they could at the very least announce it next year. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it I does say major no. announcements. So I assume that we'll be seeing some sort of console game, some sort of probably PS5, Xbox Series X supported Sonic game coming soon. Didn't they promise major announcements this year? I mean, can we okay. really trust them? Okay, yes, I, th- I think we can. Do, this... Did we ever find like an original news article about what this year was supposed to be? Like what <laughs> they were hyping it up as? No, I, I, don't, I don't know if we did. I should, I should dig into that. That should be one yeah. of my next articles on they the website. Is, all of it. is researching raise <laughs> the earth. Yeah, <laughs> I got to research the history of Sonic's 2020 plans. But yeah, supposedly big Sonic announcements coming next year. I'm hoping for Sonic Adventure HD. Like, I know it's not new, but after how disappointing Forces HD, was after guys, four years, I, th- I think that we should get a Sonic Forces is an HD. I feel like that we should get heroes. Oh, okay, heroes. I heard Forces. <laughs> Sonic Forces HD level. guys. But no I feel like I feel like they should return to basics. It's Spyro trilogy, Crash trilogy. These '90s platformers are having these renaissances, and I feel like it's it's Sonic's turn. He already had his early '90s renaissance with Sonic Mania, but let's get the late '90s, early O's renaissance with the with one of the with the Dreamcast games remade and retooled to be more playable uh, in the modern day. <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna remake '06. Oh my God. God. <laughs> And we gotta wait for the uh, the twentieth anniversary of that before we get yeah we get the next year's the fifteenth no, anniversary I... of 06. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> that game's fifteen years old. Gonna yeah. be fifteen years old. Jeez. But I do have to imagine that something. Well, I don't know. Not necessarily. The next Sonic game will guaranteed be announced next year because they always hit Sonic's anniversaries hard. Uh, two thousand one was Sonic Adventure two was for his tenth anniversary. 2006 first 15th anniversary Sonic 06 rushed out the door to meet his anniversary <laughs> that was good did not pan out 20th anniversary Sonic Generations 25th anniversary is 2016 was supposed to be Forces and Mania but both got pushed to 2017 so every 5 years they do something big for Sonic so I'm sure that we'll at least find out what it is in the next year yeah having an adventure collection would be pretty cool mm-hmm. alongside knowing what they're working on for the next mainline game yeah i'm sure that those are work if if an adventure project is in the works those are being worked on in tandem so yeah and probably a mania too i have to imagine that they're not done probably, with that with how yeah. successful that game was yeah. yeah they're gonna they're gonna put it into another double pack oh, that's man. the plan for 2021 <laughs> that's disgusting. yeah sonic mania and sonic mania plus double pack and then sonic forces and sonic forces maximum overdrive double pack yeah Sonic Forces and the uh, the Shadow Pack <laughs> as a double pack re-release. That's Where do we disgusting. put in Super Monkey Ball? Oh man, okay. So we'll find out jokes, in 2021. Jokes aside, looking forward to, well, cautiously looking forward to whatever they have ready for for next year. Oh, I'm not cautious. I'm blindly looking forward to it. I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready. Yes, absolutely. Every year. Every year you get hurt. This year they do nothing. Next year we're going to get some crap. I haven't been hurt since 2017. Team Sonic Racing was satisfying. That game did not hurt me. So it's it's been That's a, a while. Game. It's been a while since it's I've been It's been hurt. a while. It's been a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, Three years. Since I experienced significant pain. Especially playing... I played Forces six days after I beat Super Mario Odyssey. Just the differences in quality between those two games. It's just unreal. Yeah, next year. 
we'll know what's going on with the blue blur. Speaking of next year, No More Heroes 3 was delayed to 2021. We've, I think we've kind of felt this coming yeah. for some time. We've heard absolutely nothing. We've been waiting for it. Yep, just uh, what you'd expect, COVID-19 pandemic slowed down their development. They, instead of rushing it, want to make it as good as it can be. Which, I was glad to hear that, because I was worried they were just going to rush this thing out the door, and it was going to be this long-awaited... It was going to be Shenmue 3. It was going to be this long-awaited sequel that just didn't live up to the hype. So, that they're taking their time with it, I'm personally glad for that. I also kind of feel like it would have gotten lost in the shuffle with Next Gen, and uh, and, what, yeah. and the Mario Collection, and Hyrule Warriors. Like, I don't really feel like mm-hmm. there was room for it on the Switch this fall. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Did you see that in the Twitter announcement announcement the first letter of each paragraph spells out Travis? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. That was pointed out, which is pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> Just yeah. a little tidbit there. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, it it makes sense, especially with uh barely seeing any of it in the last number of months. You kinda had to assume that something was going on with it. Mm-hmm. I guess they could have announced it for a few months between you know, it's a, it's second announcement, it's release, but with the way that everything was going with the news cycle with that game, I was kind of assuming that it was going to get pushed back at some yeah. point, because we just had not heard much about it. Yeah. No. It's a shame. The sports story delay hurt. Now I'm a fan of this series, and it just got pushed back. <laughs> like, yeah. Now a curse. It's okay, though. The universe gifted me Hyrule Warriors. I'm so excited for that game. Like, it's my number one anticipated game at this point. It has leaped up to number one. Anyways, anyways, yeah. uh, speaking of delays, we learned that Mario's 35th anniversary celebration may have been delayed longer than we thought. Last week, we talked about how we thought this was all going to be revealed at E3 in June, had the COVID situation not unfolded as it did. But now on Nintendo's website, people are finding plans that date as far back as April. The Ninja Speedrun event in Super Mario Maker 2 specifically was originally dated for mid-April, so... It's possible this could have been like a year-long thing of different rollouts, like Mario Maker thing here, Splatfest here, Collection announced here, Mario Kart announced here, but instead we got it in one epic drop, and I'm obviously not glad the pandemic happened, but I really like how we learned about this. That direct last week was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, it it would make a lot of sense for them to be doing these like smaller titles and just events for Mario throughout the spring and into early summer and then at e3 mm-hmm. that's when they dump the the big stuff with the uh with the collection and with uh mario 3d world as well mm-hmm. but the way we got it was fine too <laughs> yeah yeah and it's still coming it's still coming out it is the second best-selling game on amazon this year that's insane <laughs> animal crossing yeah absolute insanity so kev this next one this makes me think of you. You're always worried about uh, digital games, what's going to happen to them in the future, and this is kind of the the poster child of that. Scott Pilgrim, the game, it's coming back. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game complete edition, is coming out this year. It's due out holiday on PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Stadia. So it's finally yeah. returned. It's also coming with its original DLCs, and this is, of course, the the 2D arcade beat-em-up from Ubisoft about... Uh, the comic book series specifically, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So awesome to see this coming back because this is always the one people talk about that just disappeared forever. Yeah, I, it, this is by far the most high profile game that's disappeared because 
it was a beloved back then and still a solid time. It, it took six years for this thing to come back, being delisted back in 2014. Mm-hmm. It'll be about the six-year anniversary since that happened. That was in December of 2014. Yeah, it, it just sucks when anything gets delisted. And I'm really glad that, that this thing is coming back and that people will be able to experience it. And it's not just stuck on somebody's hard drive on their 360 or their PS3 mm-hmm. or whatever they had it on. It's just like, I can't get rid of this. This is the only place you can you can find it anymore. Now I'm just holding out for a uh, for some sort of like limited run physical release just so that we have physical copies out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> out of all the things that uh, that Ubisoft was going on about, uh, this was the thing that... <laughs> that I was most excited about was just having this thing come back. Yeah, pretty neat. Zach, are you a Scott Pilgrim fan? Yeah, I never actually had a chance to play the game, and I never read the comics, but I'm a huge fan of the movie. Like, a lot of people our age uh, really watch this movie a bunch in their younger years. Um, so that's really cool. And um, I, don't, I don't know if I want to pick it up digitally. Like Kevin said, Limited Run Games is almost certainly going to make a physical copy at some point. Mm-hmm. So. I might just pick that up. Like, I have my physical copy of Golf Story I got from them. So I might just wait on that a little bit, depending on how long that takes, if I can hold up. Not sure, but I definitely want to check out this game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll check it out personally. I'm super thrilled that it's coming back for just for longevity and for the people that do love it and who have wanted to play it and never gotten to. But 2D beat-em-up side-scrollers is, might be my least favorite genre of game. Like, I do not get into those mm-hmm. games, however much I have ever tried. But it is super cool that it's back, and that was also my highlight from the Ubisoft thing. Just seeing it return is pretty neat. And uh, Skull and Bones exists still. Uh, that that was that was Wait, in the what? news cycle months ago where they were trying to make it more of, like, a live service thing. Yeah. And now are they, like... And now they're saying that the scope has widened even more. And I'm like, is that... Is that vastly different from where you guys were at just a couple of months ago when you were talking about it before? It's going to take over your lives. Like, I don't know what they're doing with that. It's <laughs> like, are they be... going back on that? Are they going, like, making the original idea bigger? Are they making this live service thing? It's going to be more than a live service. It's going to be a life service. You're going to have an app on your phone, Skull and Bones. You check it all the time. Uh, there's going to be the Skull and Bones... Veins. You're going to have an earbud in your ear at all times oh, that's oh, talking yes. about your objectives and what you need to do in Skull and Bones. It's it's going to take over your life. That's that's what they're expanding upon. What, uh, whatever happened to Beyond Good and Evil 2? Whatever happened to Biomutant? Oh <laughs> that game's God. still coming out. I've got my I've got my collector's edition pre I don't know if you guys feel it, but I feel like a year from now, maybe even now, maybe it's happened. I feel like Biomutant is ascending to the level of Secret of Mana Sonic Forces, Victor Sullivan trilogy. Like, I feel like Biomutant is going to be uh, <laughs> one thing. of the core games that we talk about. I really hope that thing comes out for uh, like PS4 and Xbox One like a year or two from now. <laughs> <laughs> We're firmly entrenched yeah. in, uh, in the new console. Like, the here you go, all the people that pre-ordered the collector's edition for PS4, PS4. Xbox One. I predict there's a lot of people out there that have totally forgotten that game exists and are going to get a notification on their phone one day that says your order has shipped. And they're going to be like, what, what did I order? And it's Biomutant. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah. And then it's going to be like a 65 out of, out of 100 on Metacritic game. Yeah. Be a solid, like, like it's C okay. minus D plus. <laughs> yeah. The best game, upcoming game that no one talks about. Yeah. 
Yeah, because there's nothing to talk about. Because even the company doesn't talk about it. They don't. They they really don't. And then last last piece of news here, quick thing. Witcher 3 is getting a next-gen upgrade. Free for all who own PS4, Xbox One, or PC version. Rip the Switch owners. Switcher, yeah. That's <laughs> what would sad. they be upgrading to? Yeah. This new Switch mm-hmm. 4K no thing? No next-gen. Yeah. Well, there's, there's cross-saves between the Switch version and the PC version. So what if it was just like, hey, if you have it on Switch, here's the PC version. No. <laughs> That'd be nice. Like, if you get the option, like, you have the yeah. Switch version, it's like, what? Next-gen option do you want? Well, there was that rumor this week that Nintendo is apparently asking developers to make games 4K ready for Switch. So, <sighs> who knows? Oh, man. Personally, Wouldn't be The Witcher. Isn't that thing in, like, 480? <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. Switch, absolutely. I don't think that thing can handle 4K on Switch. Seems like a big leap to me to go from, like, the power of slightly more powerful than, like, a 360... Two. All right, we're 4K. We're a PS4 4K, Pro let's now. Let's go. It's like, I don't Everyone know. make that jump. Yeah, I don't know if I buy it. Yeah, they're bluffing. It... Performance also, too. <laughs> I also don't feel like I need it, and the Switch is selling so well right now. I don't want to see them segment that player base. There's like 60 million Switch owners out there, and they're gonna be like, "All right, here's this 4K one that some games will probably be exclusive on." Yeah, or 4K. Yeah, 4K isn't really what you need. What you need is 1080p across all the games in solid performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Handheld and TV ben- mode. Right. That That's all the, the Switch Pro should be. Of, yeah. Of yeah, whatever the yeah. next iteration of the Switch is, just 1080p, solid performance, reliability, handheld and docked. Yeah. But 4K, do they want to like try and do some crazy upscaling on the uh, when you're in docked? I have no idea. Anyways, Kev, that is it for our news this week. All right. Well, what have you guys been playing? Heard that uh, that you were playing a new game that came out, and you could have played it together. Oh. But you did. Yeah, Zach stabbed no. me in the back. We're, oh. we're feuding. <laughs> what else is new at this point? Who's and surprised? I was completely unaware. I didn't even realize yeah. the game launched. Yeah. So Spellbreak is the free to play, new free to play battle royale where you play as a mage and kill other mages. And it's like, hey, Zach, you want to so try upset. this? And. Oh. Zach was like, I don't even know what it is. And then I, I, I hit okay. him up the next day, and he's like, oh, I played Spellbreak with my other friend. And I'm like, what is your problem? I specifically asked you to play that with me. <laughs> and then you played it without me. But it's that, okay. Was it the same day? Or Logan was like, you want to play this? And you're no, like, no. No, no, It was like a week later. Yeah, it was later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Everybody calm down. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Spellbreak that long, though. I played one game. I won. I won the battle royale. It was me against like sixty other people, uh, in like a, I was with a squad of two other dudes, and I was like, "Whoa, how did I do that?" And then I looked at the trophy list and saw that seventy-one percent of players have won a game, and I was like, "No way!" And so I looked it up, and everyone thinks that they have bots in like your first five games, so you win and feel good about yourself and keep playing the game. Wow. That's a ploy right there. Yeah, and uh, wow. Zach, Zach, how did your first game go without me? Do you have the trophy that 71% of players have? No, it was just me and my friend. We didn't even have a third person. Wait, what? That's Wait, weird. What, what do you mean? We didn't even like have for, a... For your team, or was it just one-on-one? I don't know. Well, but the weird thing is, if the, if everyone has bots, then are you like then everyone's got an advantage. You know what I mean? No, I mean all I computer teams only... are bots. There's no one real. Besides you. Except 
you or, oh, or you're playing yeah. with your friends. And then apparently the more you play, the fewer bots there are. But I don't know. It's garbage. That's weird. Yeah, it's a bad game. So, it's just, so as you're playing along, you just get worse and worse. And you're just like, oh. what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I didn't really like the gameplay. Uh, it's a Fortnite clone. Yeah. Um, but it is similar. free to play, and it does have some variations. I like the concept of combining two different magical properties mm-hmm. and... Um, doing mix and matching. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Um, It was pretty bare bones the way they applied it. There's only like six-ish options and, you know, you can kind of mix and match, but you you choose one you go into the match with and you find a different random one and then you just, it's it's Fortnite after that. (laughs) You drop in, you choose where you're dropping in, you find some players, you get killed, you kill them. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to play it anymore, but it was an okay time. No, I'm done. I'm not going to play it again. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, you got though, your I, win. I am curious to see or to hear about the other game you've been playing. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot I, I forgot I put this <laughs> on the list. So I That's yeah, I, I played the first episode of Tell Me Why. Um I didn't talk about this last time on the show, right? You did not. You did. Okay, cool. Was I even on the show? Yeah, I was on the show last week. Cool. I was off two weeks ago. So I played the first episode of Tell Me Why, which is the new Don't Nod game. Um, It is a. It is exactly like Life is Strange to the T. I am vastly surprised they did not call it Life is Strange 3. Um, It is about two two teenage. They're early 20s. They're twins um i don't it's hard to really say what's spoilers and what's not because the main concept of the game is that the character you play as well one of the two twins is a trans male and they have a twin sister and they grew up with struggles they live in a small town in alaska um they have supernatural abilities um it is exactly like life is strange sounds like life is I, strange. I cannot i cannot stress how life is strange it is <laughs> young adults facing struggles with their magical powers <laughs> it's just that's just how it goes is it um, good it's i like uh, yeah i only played the first episode um but i really liked it so far um it's i like it about the same that i like the other life is strange games so pretty solid um it is episodic i don't know why they're doing that because they're releasing it weekly as the opposed to done. monthly. Yeah. The game is completely done. They're just they just chose to release it weekly for whatever reason. I think three of the five episodes are currently out. Um, so so it's all going to be out in two weeks. In, huh? yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. It, it is all going to be out in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, Weird. Yeah, and then you, you play games, or you, you play through the game, you make choices depending, um, walk around, uh, discover the mysteries going on between their supernatural abilities and some some sketchy stuff that went on in their childhood. It it's exactly what you would expect from a Don't Nod game. I think it's worth trying out um, because, like I said, the story is fairly decent so far. Um, I can't attest to anything after the first episode. I think the first episodes are usually pretty good at drawing people in for these Don't Nod games. I remember really liking the first episodes of Life is Strange One and Life is Strange Two. So it might fall off. I could not attest to that, but I will definitely have uh, more to say on that next time. Well, we'll, nice. we'll, we'll know how the game is from start to finish in like two weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when two it's weeks, all out. I will tell you. So what, you can buy the uh, the parts separately or 
can you already buy the entire game and just get like the uh, the piece of it like unlocked when it comes out in a week? What, what yeah, I'm pretty sure that? you can you can piecemeal it episode by episode or just buy the whole thing. It's also on Game Pass. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Only a week. Like, usually with these things, I mean, they're working on all these episodes as as exactly. they're going through them all. And it, I I felt like before it was usually like two or three months with a lot of these episodic mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a week was doing like two months in between it took all of 2015 for life is strange one to come out that makes even less like personally it makes even less sense why you'd you'd pick them all up weekly when it's just like i only have to wait a month and the whole thing's out Mm -hmm. exactly as compared to the one where it's like hey if it takes like four or five parts and it takes a year then i'm maybe more inclined to play some of the parts because they want you to play it on game pass they want it to be this thing like if netflix Uh. were to release a weekly episode of a tv show it's like that, but for Game Pass and for a game instead of a show. Okay. For Game Pass specifically, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything but that's else, all Zach? I've been playing. Well, other than the standard Fall Guys, Monster Hunter, Destiny, crap like that. We didn't actually play Destiny this <laughs> we week. We didn't. We haven't played in a while. Because we got we, back on the Monster Hunter should. train. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've been having that Monster Hunter craze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never seems that's, to leave. It does. Well, it... it Rises and falls, but it's usually mm-hmm. there, currently. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Logan, what have you been up to? Oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Boy, I love this game. I love it so much. I think it is so fantastic. I re- There's really nothing I would change about it currently. Uh, I am through Act 1. Tsushima, the island, is divided into three sectors. Clearly in Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, I just moved north to the second middle section of the island, and the entirety of Act 1, you're working towards a specific goal. And it's like you're, you're gathering people for a mission that you all want to go on, and then the end of Act 1 is you actually going and attempting that mission. And the ending of Act 1 is so epic, and the story takes so many turns already just at the one-third mark, you could have told me, that that was the end of the game. With how how cinematic and epic and awesome it is, and there's a big boss fight which is super cool and meaningful based on the character relationships they've established only in the first act of the game. And it's awesome. And I'm only a third in. And now it's like it's a total game changer going into Act 2. Um, the, the whole story is just a lot different than it was before the end of Act 1. So it's awesome. The combat is amazing. I've unlocked some super cool moves. The risk-reward system of the combat just continues to be really, really well played. Like, I now have this move. I dodge at the last second. If I dodge at the very last second, I get an instant lethal move, but you have to hit it, like, frame perfect. And if you don't, you almost die because enemies' attacks are devastating. So that's a really cool part of the risk-reward. There's just there's just a lot. There's a lot I love about it. The combat system might be one of my favorite third-person combat systems ever in any game. I think I can say that so far, now that I've unlocked a lot more of it and am way further in. But yeah, it's so good, and both you guys got to play this game at some point. It's the next one the that I'm you, preaching for you guys to play The more you it. praise it, the more you praise it, the more I'm willing to spend oh, yeah, more so money good. on it. <laughs> I just keep looking at all the games that I have built up now, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, it just keeps getting pushed back, man. But this is coming from a guy who does not like open world games. I do sure. not. But I love this game. I love running into stuff to do in the world. And I don't worry about checking off every box 
but like I don't just beeline the main quest. There are side quests I am legitimately invested in that I spend time to go and do and push off the main quest and the rewards are worth it. You get really good stuff for doing these main quests. And there's lots of different types of them too. Like sometimes you're helping people out. Sometimes this like basically a, a bard will sing a tale of some ancient warrior in Tsushima who left his armor behind. And then you go on this like this trail of clues to track down his armor and then it's always real. The reward is always real at the end of the path. So I have like this legendary armor, this legendary sword technique I moved and yeah, it's just super good. It's so good. Did you good. ever find the uh, Sly Cooper armor? I do not know how to get that yet, no. <laughs> I watched a tutorial on how to get it. It was very complicated. There's like five different pieces. Yeah, that, that, that would be one of the things that'd be like really hidden. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but it's... And there's there's some missions that are like... Really break kind of the mold of open world. I think of a lot of open world games missions as just being very generic. But th- this has taken me to a lot of different places... Uh, It's making me do a lot of different things. Sometimes you have to sneak. Sometimes you have to trail. The trailing missions are way better than Judgment, which are awful. They're so bad in Judgment. But they work here. Uh, They work in this. The cast of characters is just really strong, and their relationships are good and believable. The voice acting. I love everything about it. It's like it's it's forging an island for itself as my second favorite game this year. There's nothing close to it on either side. Uh, But, yeah, I love this game. Going to keep playing it. Yeah, Kevin. I, last week I said Zach should play it, now I'm saying you should too. It's that good. When I get some free time, that's the thing. We got, yeah, I know. We got Final Fantasy VII that's going to be next up mm-hmm. on the docket. November's is going to be jam-packed with stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get some free time, uh, I'll definitely pick it up. And hopefully then uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a lot cheaper for me to hop in. Yeah. I don't want to pick it up and then just set it down because I go to something else. Yeah. Like if I start playing it, get like five, 10 hours in and then just set it down for like mm-hmm. three or four months. I really don't want to have to do that with it. So I'll give it some time, but, uh, but the more you talk about it, the more I do want to want to yeah, pick it up sometime so, in the near it's future. It's so much fun. And the combat, like I do not get tired of the combat. I am only in act two, but the combat, like I do not mind when I ride up to a group of guys. I'm like, okay, let's do this. The standoff, I now have upgraded my standoff, so when I start a combat encounter, I have a chance to instant kill three guys with the standoff if I time all the button presses right. And if you don't, like I said, your health goes to almost nothing. So it's it's just super intense. And yeah, I'm gushing about it. Ghost of Tsushima, I'm so glad I picked it up. It's, it's phenomenal. Other than that, I've been playing some Super Mario Brothers games. Not Paper Mario, been distracted yeah, by other origami king dude i i knew it was gonna happen <laughs> when you set that thing down and like a I week know. or two past I'm like that game is is in the graveyard <laughs> no it's not it's not come back in a couple years but super mario now brothers with new with mario games i feel like it really is yeah we'll see got a lot of games to be playing here so i got really swept up in the mario hype and i was like I am really into Mario right now. I was playing some Mario Maker. I even booted up New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe to go back and hunt down some of the star coins I'd missed. And it dawned on me, there's a good amount of Mario games I've never seen all the way through to the end. 64, Sunshine, Mario 1, Mario 2, Lost Levels, 3. Like, there's a number of games I have really good ones, too, I have not beat. So I make it my goal to play through every mainline Super Mario game in 2020. I played Galaxy 1 and 2 earlier this year, so those are crossed off the list. 
So I have a lot of games to play. <laughs> uh, but Mario games aren't that long. Like, they're really not. Like, the Galaxy, or sorry, 64 and Sunshine are really the longest ones. The ones coming out on this collection that I'm excited to revisit. The other ones don't take too long. If if you beat all these Super Mario games in 2020, will you hit your goal of 50 games for the year? Not quite. <laughs> no, Not I quite, won't. Just shy? Yeah. Okay. Where are you at on that? I'm at like 29 games, I think. Yeah, okay. it slowed down a lot in the summer months since I started work. And Fall Guys really hurt, too. <laughs> and then I played Last of Us Part 2 twice. So there's <laughs> so it's been some slowdown. It's been a slow crawl. Yeah. <laughs> so I one night I sat down and played through all of Super Mario Brothers 1. No warp zones. I played every level in the game. I had a Did really good time. Did you play it on Switch or NES? I played it on Switch. Because, you monster. You know, I should have just played it on NES because I didn't use save states. If I got a game yeah, over, exactly. I just used the warp zone to get back to the world that I was in. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. That game just holds up really well. Uh, yeah, the platforming is good. Of course, the music and the art is, is timeless, but I was just impressed with the level design and how good I thought almost all of the levels were still to play in 2020. What's interesting is how short they are. I mean, it makes sense. They had to cram it all into a, a NES cart. But, like, playing New Super Mario Bros. U and then going back to the original, I'm like, whoa, the levels are way longer in the new 2D <laughs> Mario games. But, yeah, I really liked Super Mario Bros. 1. I just, I just love how it plays. So that one was a really good time. I then moved on to Mario 2 USA. So Doki Doki Panic in Japan, not a Mario game, not a Mario game at all. And it shows I do not like this game. <laughs> I am not having a good time with it. I streamed it for two hours on the OD Games Twitch channel and it was kind of embarrassing how much I was struggling. There's just a lot I dislike about it. Like in a Mario game, in a 2D Mario game, if you run up to a block and there's an enemy standing one block above you and you crouch... You should not be able to get hit by a projectile if that enemy fires. That is not how Mario games work, right? It's, it's like this grid system is how it should work. In Mario 2, I sprint up to this platform. It's like a, a pipe. I crouch, and this Sniffit shoots out a ball, and it like clips the top pixel of Mario's hat, and he just dies. And it's just like, it's things like that. It's just not as precise as I expect from a Mario game. I can just tell that it's not a real Super Mario Brothers game, even though there's a lot in this game that has carried over to the franchise. Shy Guys are introduced in all this. All the characters. Yeah. yeah, all the weird characters. Mar the four playable characters are Mario, Peach, Luigi, and Blue Toad, who are the same playable characters in Super Mario 3D World. You pluck turnips, which is what Captain Toad does in Treasure Tracker. Like, there's a lot of weird things that started in this game that carry over. This is where Luigi got his flutter jump, uh, and he's slippery, like, he got that in Mario 2, and that's still how he is today, but yeah, I don't like the game at all. Uh, there's there's seven worlds. I'm in World 4, so I'm using save states for this one because I'm just not enjoying it, but still want to get through it. But it's a rough one. It's rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not not super digging it. And the boss fights are ugh, the boss fights are obnoxious. And yeah, I just I'm just not a fan of Mario 2. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks. So what's uh, what's next after Mario Two? Do you go to the Lost Levels? Yeah. Or do uh -huh. you do, the Lost yeah, Levels? Because I've heard some heard some things about that one. Yeah, but I'm uh, not as worried about that. It's it's weird because I'm usually really dang good at 2D platforms like Celeste, 1001 Spikes, usually Mario. 
I, I just suck at Mario 2, but I'm really good at Mario 1, so I'm hoping that since Lost Levels is the same physics as Mario 1, I'll be able to get through even some of the bogus. I don't know how <laughs> bogus it gets. Yeah, but, yeah. So I'll, I'll have an update thing, on that. Pro- I'll probably start that in the next week. We'll see. All right. Well, that should be fun. I look forward to, to hearing your thoughts on all these Mario games, a lot of yeah. ones that I have not ever played or finished either. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's just yeah, like, too. I just love Mario, and I've played most of them, but it's like, a lot of the old ones are the ones I'm missing in, in games beaten. Like, I haven't beaten either of the Game Boy games, so I'm going to play those on my 3DS. Um, so, yeah, there's there should be some cool new Mario experiences that I have here in Mario's 35th anniversary. You going right. to stream a lot of them? I am, yeah. That's that's the plan, is I'm going to try and stream. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to say for sure. Probably like Tuesday nights. That's what I did this week. So I was thinking maybe Tuesday nights is be the night that I, I stream Mario games on the OD Games Twitch channel. So... Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the OD Games Twitch channel. Check out our website for Logan's weekday column. Yeah. Column. Column. This is my column. Uh, Advice press start. column. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Check it out. Got a lot of a lot of good stuff going up over the next couple of weeks and months here with OD Games. As for me, I finally beat Spider Man. Yeah. Finally. I did it. Nice. <laughs> I was worried going back with because uh, as. As soon as I stopped, I got to the point where the really annoying flying dudes mm-hmm. rolled in and just messed me up. But uh, I was I was able to get back into the combat pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was worried because of the flying guys and because there's a lot of moves in that game. Like looking through that move list, like it it kind of goes a while. But I was surprised at how easily I was able to to hop back in and um, and get pretty well comfortable with the combat again just after a story mission or two. Uh, I don't want to go too much into into spoilers, but the uh, the last little bit there was real good. It's really good. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, real cinematic at the end. The way yeah. they uh, they leave the game off, uh, mm-hmm. setting it up for whatever is next to come in the next mainline game, as well as Miles Morales. I'm sure there'll be tidbits and pieces kind mm-hmm. of floating around through all of that. Uh, gets me really excited for the. Uh, for the next mainline game, as well as Miles Morales, it gets yeah. me more excited for that. Yeah, you well. got to play Marvel's Avengers. No, God, God, no. <laughs> yeah, last week we talked about like best video game moments or endings, and I said the Odyssey ending is probably my favorite. Spider-Man is probably a top five video game ending. I adore the last couple hours of that game. Yeah, it it gets really tense near the end, and like the final the final boss fight was uh, was really well done. The last little bit mm-hmm. of that too was uh was super cinematic so i liked it a lot really good game and then i hopped right into the dlc because i'm like i'm here i may as well give it a shot yeah and it it is it's funny because it takes place after the main story so they're assuming or hoping that you finish the main story and go into the dlc and that's fine in terms of just the story that's fine but coming off of that ending and then hopping into this it's just it just takes a nosedive. Yeah, I did not like the DLC. Because, yeah, that ending is so good. And then you get to this, and the stakes are just so much lower. And mm-hmm. there's just not as much going on. Like, it's yeah. fine. It, but, but there's nothing that really stands out. That's Zach, did you play the DLC? Yeah, I played all three DLCs. Okay. Uh, Kevin, have uh, you done the, the museum mission yet? 
Yeah, I'm almost done with the first one. That one cracks me up when there's all the dudes like sprinting with the stuff to the exits. It's so funny. Stop them from stealing the stuff. Yeah, it it was funny because throughout this entire first DLC, uh, I know I'm talking more about the the DLC than the base game, but I don't (laughs) I don't have too much to say beyond beyond the fact that I really enjoy the base game. The combat is really good. you can ignore a lot of the, the the side fluff and extra crap that it just fills the map with. Just do kind of the, the side missions that you want to and go do the main story stuff. Mm-hmm. Combat is really good. The amount of stuff that you can unlock is great. And then just the amount of extra content that they allow you to unlock with the suits. Uh, the costumes are really awesome. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff to do uh, even beyond the main story. So Are you going to really go for good. the Platinum, Kevin? Uh, Not right now, I don't think. But I, I could one. see it being one where I kind of like want to go back and just swing around and then do more stuff while I'm there. So I, I yeah. think it could be one that I go back and uh, and possibly get the platinum much later down the road. But yeah, the DLC, it's just it's kind of underwhelming. The missions are all really similar. It's all just like go here and beat up the same set of, of mafia dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me because in the DLC, they're like, oh, man, these these mafia guys like they're dangerous or like they're they're this huge organization but man, they they don't do anything. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they're just there. I beat the crap out of them. There's there's nothing that sets them up as being this like really huge, overarching, really dangerous group. And I think that's also because the DLC isn't very long, so they don't have the time to do that. So they're just kind of there. And they're also they're also the side thing because what? It's Hammerhead. That's the guy who's doing all this stuff. So it's just like I don't know. Like this. The entire main evil group that you're fighting against seems so superfluous. Yeah. Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure even though Miles and Morales is going to be shorter, I'm sure it will feel like a much more complete arc than that lackluster oh, DLC yeah. does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember uh, the museum mission. The guys, like, pick up the pieces of art, and they're like, I'm going for the exit! And that line plays, like, a hundred times in that mission. And it is that just, mission is so long. It's so stupid. Yeah, and then you get yeah. to the other missions, and they take, like, five minutes, and it's just like, all right, you're here, beat up these dudes, uh, and then that's it. <laughs> it took me a long time to beat the DLC. I put it down, like, an hour away from the end because I just didn't care. Like, okay, it was just not good to me. Yeah, yeah. just with how good the entirety of the main campaign is, like all three acts of it are so good for different reasons, and then it's like all three DLCs are subpar mm-hmm. for different reasons. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I'm here, I'm playing through it, and the DLCs aren't particularly long, so like I'm already almost done with the first DLC, so I thought may as well mm-hmm. and uh, and go through the story on that. Last little thing, I did beat Donut County. The game's not very long. Really enjoyed it. Just a lot of stupid fun. Just. Game game had me grinning and laughing throughout most of the game, uh, and the final mission is is really stupid and uh, and really fun. Nice, but man, it, it's 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 just too short, both in length and length of the overall game and the length of the levels. Mm-hmm. I really wish that the levels were longer and that they introduced more puzzles. Like I'd be I'd be curious what they could do with the sequel because I think that they could really expand on the little bit of puzzle elements that they had in uh in the base game here but as it is now it's a bunch of fun that i recommend you get on sale but at full price it's just a little bit too short and the levels end way before you feel like they should mm-hmm. um but if you can't get it on sale like i did and you enjoyed katamari games like it it's that same level of just dumb joy that uh nice. that i have with those mm-hmm. so i was glad that i played it i wanted to play it for a while all right so we got the xbox 
Series S and Series yeah. X. They're on the way. Series S design, I don't know, man, the speaker, the washing machine, I don't know what you, what you want to call it, but it ain't the best. So why don't we talk about both our favorite and least favorite console designs of all time and in honor of the Xbox Series S looking like a washing machine or a speaker, depending on how you want to look at it. What is your least favorite console design of all time? Zach, why don't you start? Well, Logan and I could talk about this one because we were debating it and we both came up with the same console because I couldn't think of anything I dislike more than the original base PS3. That thing is so big and it was so expensive, which is just like a screw you to the consumer. It's like you're paying so much for this ugly piece of machinery. It is just ra- coming off of the PS2. It is so different. It's very shiny. It tracks fingerprints like nobody's business. It's not symmetrical it is, whatsoever. Like the shape not is really ugly. <laughs> even a little bit. Yeah. It is. There's just, just so much crap to on it at. too. Yeah. yeah. Like they it just jammed so all this nonsense in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I've heard it also. About it. Uh, it breaks down pretty easily. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Basically, things do not last forever. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. I feel that. like. With uh, with that original design, they they took that disgusting design and then just completely smoothed it out for the uh, for the slim that came out a few years later. Oh, and the actually slim kind of right. that the slim great. is what that original should yeah. have been. It, mm-hmm. I, I think that would have been a lot better because lot they they look the they look similar. But man, does the PS3 slim look so much better? <laughs> yeah, yeah the matte slim, with the oh, it's just yeah, so sure. that. That thing is the embodiment of I just blew six hundred dollars. Like I look at that and I'm like, man, I can't even imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think so. but yeah. So the PS3 hit a sweet spot in the middle because my least favorite, besides the other PS3 that Zach picked, is the final PS3 model. Uh, this is the model. I don't actually know the official name of it, but the this super slim. I, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it's, it's the super slim PS3, and this thing is just a hunk of junk. It came out in August 2013. That is only, that is really, really shortly before the PS4, PS4. came out. Um, yeah. But I do not like this design whatsoever. It looks really cheap. The top is just this plastic casing that slides open, and it just feels cheap. It feels like a toy when you slide it open and just have to pop the disc in and then slide the cover back closed. It just looks really, really bad. It, and yeah. it has no character. Yeah. <laughs> no, at the very no, least, the PS3, not. it was, man, it was garish, but yeah, it had some sort of character to it, yeah. and the PS3 Slim looks, looks really slick. This one just is gross it, yeah, <laughs> it's it's very gross not a fan at all kevin how about you what's yep. your least favorite um i was going to go with the third iteration of the xbox 360 because they also kind of pulled the thing where they got it right in the middle with the slim and mm-hmm. they just made the thing super hideous because they tried to make it look like an xbox one the only thing that looks worse than that is the thing that it was trying to copy off of and that's the original xbox one if uh <laughs> If the Super Slim had no character, the original Xbox One has negative character. That mm-hmm. thing is just the most boring VCR-looking box that you could ever get. Way bigger than it had any right to be. There, It is 
you just stick that thing in your entertainment center and just ignore it. Like it is, it is so boring. Mm-hmm. And then beyond beyond just like the the hideously boring design, uh, it also doesn't really last too long. Man, you've heard so many things about that thing just struggling so hard yeah. with even like mid generation games, let alone some of the later ones. So super boring design, and the thing doesn't really work too well beyond the first couple of years. The one I don't know X what they and were one S are both nice yeah they, both look really they got nice. it super mm-hmm. right with the yeah. uh with the s and the x but that original one uh man that entire that entire launch for the xbox one is yeah. so botched and then you yeah. get this just disgusting vcr yeah, yeah things really ugly all right do we want to start with do we want to go to handhelds or do we want to go with home consoles next handhelds handhelds all right all right zach i'll start handheld Perfect. So this was the handheld that I had the most experience with growing up, and that would be the Game Boy Advance SP. So this is favorites, not least favorites, just to be clear. Yes, favorites. Yeah, favorites. Yes, yes, yes. So this thing is very small, very compact. One of the smaller handheld consoles that I've ever seen. It, it, um, It folds like a old flip phone, and it just, it, when it folds, it's just a neat little square. And I just, I always thought that was cool. It's just a nice little compact square. I'm like, oh, I can just open it up, play some games, close it back into my neat little square and tuck it away wherever I want. Put your breast saw, pocket? Yeah, a little breast Stuck pocket. In there with your I had the pens. cobalt blue one. This thing came in a bunch of different colors. Um, I really liked the cobalt blue. I thought that was super cool. Uh, I always wanted the red one, but I was fine with the blue. Um, yeah, I just thought it was super compact compared to the, the Game Boy Advance, um, which was also a nice... A nice little tight design. Um, the SP was just a lot more. I don't want to say functional, but it was just it was just a nice more tight little design for him. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. I liked it a lot. Did you guys have SPs? I never owned one. Yeah. No, never owned one. I had one. You yeah. had one. Gotcha. I had an SP. I want another one because really I don't it. have my original one anymore. I, I've always wanted to get a new one just to uh just to have that for uh, my little collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I ever find a cheap one for maybe like, I wouldn't spend more than thirty, forty. I think that's they usually go for around fifty, sixty. Yeah, they do. I feel like yeah. the aftermarket on that is getting, it's getting a little bit higher. It's getting zesty. Yeah, because I, there's only certain models that people want with like the really good backlight, and you kind of have to pay attention to what type of model you're getting mm-hmm. with the SP. Yeah, but no headphone jack on the SP, which is really weird. I don't know where you fit that thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's the AC adapter on the back and then the uh, adapter for the GBA link cable. And that's it. No. Yep. No headphone jack on the SP. But there is one on the Micro, which is the smallest console ever. How is that possible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite is the 3DS XL. I think that is a perfect handheld system. I have the Link Between Worlds gold one. It's one of the my favorite things that I own. And it just feels good. It is not glossy like the original 3DS is. It has a really nice matte finish. It fixed the, the really mushy buttons on the bottom. The start, select, and home on the original 3DS are these dedicated clicky buttons now. The stylus is in the side like it should be. I know some of the new 3DS models moved it to like the bottom. And they also moved like yep. the game card slot to the bottom. It's just yep, weird. Yeah, that's what mine has. Yeah, it's really strange. It has the SD card slot. You don't have to crack open the back like you do on the new 3ds to to upgrade your storage 
And then the screen is just really nice. It's a really nice size. Uh, the speakers are good. Yeah, that is just... The battery life's pretty good, too. That's just a perfect little handheld. I have played so much of my 3DS XL. I love the circle pad. I've always been a big fan of the circle pad. So, yeah, that's that's my favorite one. I never upgraded. Yeah, really nice. I never upgraded to a new one, mostly because of how much I loved just the gold special edition yeah. that I had. <laughs> yeah, but... It's hard to beat that. Yeah. Yeah, it really improved on a lot of the shortcomings of the original 3DS model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that thing's good. Uh, for mine, <laughs> I would have gone uh, with the DS, but man, it had too many structural problems for me to warrant that. I had so many of those things breaking. Uh, so had to go with the original Game Boy Advance. I do like the Advance SP a lot. I do really like the clamshell design, protects the screen better. But just in terms of the ergonomic feel of a handheld, the SP has it beat by a mile because of how it's wider as compared to if you're if you're kicking it out with the um, with the clamshell design. Uh, feels super good in the hand, super simple. I like the color scheme. I, I like how it paired really nicely mm -hmm. with the uh, with the GameCube with mm -hmm. that nice purple that they had. Uh, Is that just, the one you had? Uh, God, I can't remember if I had purple or if I had kind of the the, the see through one. I had the see through uh, blue one. I feel like those were the two most popular ones. <laughs> was the see-through yeah. blue? My and cousins the purple. had the purple one, and that's what I used to play. With. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, just super nice ergonomic design. Uh, really liked playing on it back in the day. Really solid. Yeah. Well, you said Which about the DS. Like I think the DS Lite is a pretty perfect handheld. If only the hinge wasn't so fragile. Otherwise, that thing yeah. is perfect. It is so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Just the fact that I broke two of those things, I just couldn't put it on there. <laughs> I have even the hinge on the SP was better. Like was I never break strong hinge. anything. Like I, I usually take pretty good care of my stuff. The DS Lite is the only system I've had that is broken. It it, it just snapped. Yeah. yeah. Rip. Yeah, I don't know what it, what it was about that, but everyone had that break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, at least it's better than the than the original DS weird boxy things <laughs> yeah. whatever that thing was yep all right let's move on to home console zach what you got favorite home console design favorite home console uh interesting choice i think i'm gonna have to go with the wii the original nintendo wii um some things i like about this console design came with a stand i thought it looked really good on that gray stand um, it's a nice tight box, not too big, not too small. The white, very sleek white. Favorite thing about this console, the uh, glowing halo ring around the disc insert. <laughs> Thought that was insanely cool. Um, just overall, very tight console. I like the options. It had black, the red one for Super Mario. Um, very nice options. I just, just something about this console. It was just always pleasant to look at. I just always loved looking at my Wii. I'm like, yeah, that's really good. And then I I lost the stand for a while there and uh it's just a lot worse with that stand. I feel like the stand really Okay, so you were using console. it with you were using it with the stand the whole time. You, oh, you got to use the stand. It looks no, way we, with the stand. Yeah, my family we just slapped that thing on its side. Same. It felt like where cuz wherever we put it it was in kind of the shelves of the entertainment center and I would use the yeah. GameCube a lot with it. And you couldn't plug in the uh, the GameCube controllers on top because there wasn't enough space where we were putting it. So we always gotcha. just put it on the side. Um, so like for years, space. I didn't even realize there was a stand for it because we just like got rid of it, and just put it on its side. Yeah, 
But I, I think the main point I want to make is, man, I really just like that glowing ring around the, mm-hmm. the disc insert. You know what else has that? Yeah. The Wii U. The Wii U. <laughs> what a console. It has that, too. It does. Well, the Wii U I, gamepad I like is the my more, favorite home console. Mine too. I don't know. I like, the, I like the more cubed design, not cubed, but squared off design of the Wii as opposed to the rounded, more version mm-hmm. of the Wii U. I don't know. <laughs> Wii U is also very, and also the gamepad's gross, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> You take that back. My favorite. 90% what the Wii U. Uh, the, the Wii U gamepad is 90% fingerprints. It is. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it is. My favorite is the GameCube. It's just so weird. It's just insane. It's just a, a purple cube in your living room. It has a handle, like a lunchbox. Like, what is that thing? <laughs> it's I don't know. It's so iconic. It is just iconic to my childhood, especially. Uh, easily yeah, yeah. my favorite. And then. I love how the the controller like plugins match the color of the controller. So like you you, you look at the at the thing like N sixty four didn't have that. They were all or did it? No, I think it did actually. But I just love that about Nintendo consoles. About when you plug it in, you can look and see what controllers plugged into which port. So you have like a silver, a black, an orange, and a purple all plugged into this purple box, and it's just like so Nintendo and so good. Uh, I love the handle and the Game Boy Player stacked yeah, out on the bottom s- there. Yeah. yeah just make it an even bigger sandwich yeah i we had two GameCubes. uh we had like one upstairs and one downstairs when i was a kid and we had the purple one upstairs and the silver one downstairs mm. uh, and i really yep. really like both of them i have the silver one now is the one that that i got to take uh but the purple is the classic that it is i want an orange one i want an orange gamecube i, I have no need for it because i have the silver <laughs> one <laughs> I have an orange GameCube controller. I have two. I have two yeah. orange GameCube controllers. It's also my favorite <laughs> controller of all time. Yeah, that, that, that controller yep. is real nice. Mm-hmm. As for me, this is this is very much a nostalgic pick. Uh, the original Xbox. Um, oh. The thing is huge. Uh, and I realized that even more after picking one up for myself, because this is one that I played a lot at friends' houses back in the day. And it only really hit me when I picked one up at a Goodwill about a year or two back where I'm like, yo, this thing is really big. Yeah. (laughs) It's huge. huge. But it was also the most powerful console of all three of those. So I feel like it had some reason to be a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it is, it is loud in all the right ways with the fat X on top with the, uh, with the iconic Xbox circular green logo in the center and kind of the, uh, the grates going down the side uh, Mm -hmm. for, a first console launch for for any company, I feel like the design of the original Xbox became really iconic. Yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. it's really solid. I like it a lot. Me too. Yeah, I love. <laughs> but I've, it was surprising to me how big that thing was because I put it on my desk. I'm like, oh my god! I, I can't even remember how big it was. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, really massive. Large. Yeah. <laughs> like you could uh, you could probably set like. Four game cubes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite that tall. It's the GameCube is taller than the Xbox. But mm-hmm. but if you made a square of four game cubes, that's like the the area of the original Xbox. It is a behemoth. Yeah. Yeah. Now if only the controllers didn't have that weird thing where you need like a second plug in on them. Like you plug them into yeah. the console and then you need like a second plug in. It was like the pull away thing. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But the design of the actual console, really good. My Just least favorite thing about the GameCube is that when they had a special edition, they would like make the the circle 
like you know where it says Nintendo GameCube on the top, they yeah. would make that like an image of something. And I thought that I think that looks really tacky. I do not like how that looks. <laughs> as yeah. as compared to if they did like a full like full mm-hmm. console special edition with like a full on design. Yeah. Compared to just yeah. a little circle. I love the GameCube. It's just so good. I used to just carry it around my house when I was a kid. I'd unplug everything at the back and just carry it around because I liked the handle so much. I also love the oh, little discs. It's just... Mm. yeah. With the original Xbox, that, that almost see-through lime green color, mm-hmm. super good. And you get a Mountain Dew version. Like the ultra lime green. Uh, yeah. I would buy that. It is really green. Uh, I love the color scheme of the original Xbox. Yeah, it's good stuff. You guys gonna pick up a a Series S? Gonna not, pick up a new speaker? Not anytime maybe. soon. Maybe eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe That's when a Halo thing. comes out, I'll pick up a Series S. There we go. Yeah. Twenty-one. We'll see. We'll all get Halo Infinite on uh, the Series S. I will not have a Series S before I have a PS5. That I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I am filled with regret. Oh. Okay. Wow. There, I'm just, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about, I, I, I wanted to do, I've been thinking a lot about console designs and handheld designs since the Series S was announced. And I'm, I was doing a bunch of research on like Nintendo handhelds and it's like, I want to own one of every Nintendo handheld. And there's two I missed out on that I had the opportunity to buy way cheaper than they're now available. I saw a new in-box 2DS at Walmart for $45. Why didn't I buy that? It was on clearance. That was the Mario Maker one, It right? was. It was 45 bucks, and it's like, I, oh, man. I could have the wedge right here. The new 3DS. <laughs> the cheese one. The small version of the new 3DS that has the face plates that you change out that are, like, super oh, yeah. rare. That was $99 on Black Friday two years ago. Now they're like 200 plus for the small Whoa. version of the North American That's just because they're 3DS. not on store shelves anymore? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the yep. new 3DS, the small version was always rare because if you remember, the new 3DS XL was the only one that originally came to North America. And then like six months later, they're like, hey, here's the small version. And then it was uh. snatched up really quick. And then a year later on Black Friday, it was 99 bucks. And now it is like 250. And it's like... Just can't justify that for a system I'm not gonna play. Yeah, yeah, for just a secondary thing. Yeah. Or like the Game Boy Micro is so expensive now. Like it's insane. It's sold terribly, so there's only so many to go around. Yeah. So that's why I'm filled with regret, is because there's just these consoles out there. There's some I, I don't have that I could easily achieve. I have every Nintendo console except for the virtual boy but there there are some that i could easily achieve dsi xls those go for like 30 dollars. those are a dime a dozen on the internet uh game boy advance sp if you don't care about the color you get you can get them for like 40 ish like zach was talking about yeah but man the market i feel like is just going up i feel like during this pandemic more people are online shopping and buying these things and i think that is why it's going up because people aren't going out to stores and they're getting bored and gamers are going online and buying these things. <laughs> this, this is rare stuff that's on eBay. Yeah. So that, that's it's always, that's why I'm filled with regret about most. Yeah. About I remember the when you came back from, uh, from Walmart and you were like, yeah, I saw the, uh, the wedge mm-hmm. for 45 bucks. And you were like, should I get it? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. That's it for me. Though. What is that going for now? Is that that much more? Let's find out. 50 bucks. Should we check on eBay right now? 
I feel like those aren't super sought after. Yeah. Look super up, uh, Mario Game Boy Advance SP prices. I okay. SP. Okay. All right. This is good. Super Mario Maker 2DS, $43. Okay. No, but no, that's an auction. Well, oh, that's an auction. Okay. Yeah, they're auctioning it. Buy it now. What do you got? No bidders. Uh, um, buy it now. <laughs> Never any bidders. <laughs> Walmart wants their copy pack. I don't. I don't see about ninety dollars for eighty dollars, a hundred dollars. That's like more than a launched for. Yeah, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. We've all got those regrets. Yeah. Okay. Zach, any and final thoughts? GBASP. What what color do you want me to look this, up? This this will be my final thought. Whether or not I decide. Whether or not you pick it up. Give me Red. Cobalt blue. Oh, cobalt blue. blue. Cobalt blue. Cobalt blue. For GBASP, $60. Ah, uh, nope. And that's an auction. It. It's $90. Oh. Buy it now. Oh, God. God. Why can't it just yeah, be $40? The, the market on the SP has just taken off in the last year. I yeah. know. It's insane. Yeah. I missed out. I want I want an SP. That's the only one I don't have. I know. It's a nice tight look. I've got, I've got lots of Game Boy games left over. Got some all the old Pokemons. If it's, uh, if it's Game Boy Advance games... That you want to play at this point, I'd say just play them on a DS. But how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> play it. You don't a... want to drop a hundred dollars on, <laughs> yeah. on a Game Boy Advance SP <laughs> just to play. I guess you get a Game get Boy a base, Advance games. Uh, get a base Advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. I feel like we've all had those moments though, where you're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't need this, and then you're like, ah, crap. Like <laughs> <laughs> now it's way more money. Yeah, I got that uh, with Persona Five, the special edition. Yeah. Yeah, we all get those. All right, but that is going to do it for us on this week's episode of Ode to Games. We're here on Friday on our website, odegames.com. There you can also find Press Start Logan's new weekly, or no, not weekly, daily. Daily. Day, daily Monday through Friday. Uh, how long that lasts. Monday through Friday articles, as well as some other articles that we'll have going up as well. So you can find our podcast and the articles on there, also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other podcast streaming services that you can use. You can find us on Twitch at Oda Games. Logan will be streaming all these Mario games, both the good and the bad, over the next coming months. So you can mm-hmm. tune in there to watch that. You can find us on Twitter at Oda Games. You can send an email to odagamescast at gmail.com. For Logan and Zach, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>